Good morning and welcome to AI Daily. We have some pretty interesting stories today. The first one we're kicking off with big news out of OpenAI releasing a ChatGPT mobile app. So this has been, I think, requested by people for a long time now, people using the web browser for ChatGPT, some of the other apps that were popped up in the App Store. But now we have an official ChatGPT app from OpenAI. Connor Farb, I think you both have used it a bit. I haven't got too deep into the weeds of it yet, but Connor, you've used it. What's some of your favorite features? What are we looking at? So it's just like smooth and clean to use. It's, it's a big jump. I was using ChatGPT as a progressive web app before, and now the native app has some nice features. It has the haptic. It has the voice recording, the voice memos. It's very quick, though. Um, I think it's using Whisper because it's a little bit faster than like native iOS voice transcription. Just overall, it's very smooth. You can search your history. Um, and it's just like the little haptic features, like I mentioned, that make it very great to use. So. Farb, have you got to use it? I think you said they don't have browsing or plugins yet, but how do you think of it? Yeah, it doesn't look like there's browsing or plugins yet. I'm sure that's coming. It has GPT-4, which is cool. It's super snappy. Uh, my guess is I'll, I'll probably start using it. You know, I fire up the web version on my phone pretty regularly. so. <laughs> having quicker access to the chat is, you know, just going to make you use it more. So that I think is smart. They should see the, their, their numbers go up with this. Uh, I think an Android version will be coming out uh, soon. And uh, yeah, I, I thought it was uh, great for their first app. Yeah, it seems pretty cool. I, I saw some funny tweets on Twitter, people removing Safari and Chrome from their home bar on their iPhone, replacing it with ChatGPT app. Um, so more to come, but really cool to see OpenAI launch this official app and actually get this in the hands of every iOS user so far. I wonder, are, they, are they using Whisper on device or is it going to the cloud and getting... Unknown. They haven't even said if they're using Whisper. That's just some of the like okay, yeah. thoughts I've, I've seen on Twitter. Um, it's pretty funny though if you search ChatGPT in the App Store, it's not even the first top twenty results. Because there's so many like there's so many fake ChatGPT apps out already out. Yeah. Well, I saw somebody tweeting about oh, here's a list of you know fake ChatGPT apps you should delete from your phone. So it's good to see that there's an official one out there, and hopefully some of these scammy ones will start disappearing. Yeah. We can we can only hope we can only yeah. hope. But let's move on to our second story, which is AI and Colab. So Colab, if you don't know, is Google's kind of what's called a Jupyter Notebook environment. So a really easy way to run Python and learn AI models and train AI models and test out some of these latest things. But they announced today that they're bringing their AI coding assistant into Colab, um, which I think will be just another kind of boom similar to Replit of teaching more people how to code, getting more people into AI by using AI to help them. Um, so it's built off of Palm 2. Connor, you know, Google's putting this in all of their products, it seems. How do you think this will affect people using Colab? So it's honestly a pretty big jump for using Colab. I was using a few other Jupyter Notebook hosters before this, but I think I'll go back to Colab. It's very nice to see these integrated AI features. Um, the autocomplete, I of course saw that coming. Um, VS Code, GitHub Copilot has had that for a while. And the chatbot is also coming to Copilot. So I saw those coming. But the generate, uh, the generate feature they have where you generate new blocks by just typing in a prompt, that's very, I didn't see that coming. And I like it a lot. Yeah. Uh, the example they gave is import data.csv as a data frame. And it's a very great way to use AI within a Jupyter Notebook. 
So, yeah, it's like kind that. of meta bringing AI to AI. Farb, you and I have been in the weeds of collab for a long time now, always messing with stuff. Was is this something you'd use? Does it excite you? Yeah, you know, um, is it Replit? Is it is it collab? I you know, last year when we were doing namesake, I think I spent two months inside of collab and didn't see the light of day other than just staring at collab repeatedly. So uh, it's great to see this in there. They probably have what tens of millions of people using it or some insane number. Yeah. I I hope they share some news on the metrics of it as it as it gets out there. And it's not quite available yet. I don't think they're going to start releasing it to their paid subscribers first uh, and then eventually to everybody. I know that the news said that you know this is freely available to everybody, but not quite yet. But it'll it'll get there. Uh, it's gonna it's gonna be everywhere, and this is a great place to to, to have it. Lots of people use this. Lots of people are learning to code inside Colab. H huge win for the for the developer community, especially the folks that are just starting to learn. I believe yeah. the code blocks are free, but then autocomplete and the chatbot is only for paid users, which makes sense. Right. Those are a bit like take a little bit more context and like thinking too. So definitely, well, it's still cool to see them bringing Palm Two into all their products um, and Cody, as they call their code models. So. More to come, not ready yet, but exciting to see it come to Colab. Uh, our last piece of news today is this was actually announced at Google I.O. Um, last week, but MedPalm 2, there's some more details around how good this model is becoming. So if you don't know, MedPalm 2 is Google's kind of uh, model specific for healthcare. So in answering healthcare questions, helping clinicians, um, even possibly helping patients directly in the future. Um, so they scored 86.5% on the MedQA exam, and they had a lot of really interesting evaluations in it. Farb, what do you think of these kind of specific models as we see MedPalm 2 get better? What does this mean for some of these, you know, the entire healthcare space, to be honest? If I understood it correctly, they said that, you know, physicians from multiple countries rated these responses as being accurate and 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 helpful. And I think even patients were rating them as well as uh, finding them helpful. They were uh, quick to generate responses. It'll be interesting to see what one thing that comes to mind is when is there going to be the first case where a physician you know, decides to do something that the AI didn't say, sort of go against what the AI said, and then get in trouble for it. You know, mm -hmm. uh, people talk about it in the direction of, you know, doing something where the AI is wrong. But what about when the AI is right, but a physician didn't follow what the AI said, and somebody comes back later and says, I don't understand. This AI gave you the correct information about my healthcare. You did something else, and now I'm suffering harm because I listened to you instead of the AI. It's going to get really crazy, you know, who's underwriting what, and all these sorts of things are going to be litigated uh, literally at some point. So, Absolutely. you know, I think it's in the long run, a big win for human health, which is the main point. But it's going to be a bumpy ride here and there as we try to integrate this into medical care. Definitely. And, and Connor, one thing I, I was finding interesting from their like kind of more the technical piece of what they're dropping is, you know, something like medical, you need this to be as extremely accurate as possible. I mean, to all of Farb's points on the ramifications of this between underwriting, litigation, etc. I saw they're using some interesting things on like adversarial questions, you know, trying to push the bounds to get it even to 100% on some of these tests and some of these situations. What do you think of some of like the technical details they dropped? 
Yeah, I mean, exactly. Like focusing really deeply on medical is definitely like the push here. Like doctors mess up still, but if these can beat out doctors, that's really the push here. Um, from a quick search, it looks like GPT-4 scored an 84% on that test. Mm -hmm. So not it's not like a, it's not a medical model, but it gets very close to MedPalm. So we'll see MedPalm too. So we'll see we'll see the comparison there more. But two percent is someone's life. That definitely is. Absolutely. Well, as always, what else are you guys seeing? Connor Farb, you guys can jump in, but what else are you guys seeing in AI? It didn't make the cut for today's story, but I thought the etched news was pretty interesting. They're announcing ASICs application uh, specific integrated circuits that will run just, I think, individual LLM models. I wasn't mm -hmm. e exactly clear whether it was, you know, would run a family of them or just l literally tied to uh, one individual LLM. They claim they can get 100%, uh, sorry, 100x performance improvement. It's a lot more than 100%. 100x performance improvements versus GPUs, which is, which is amazing. It's inevitable these things are going to happen. There's so much more headroom for AI and LLMs and chips to improve. As amazing as these early days are, it's just getting started. And I'm sure, I think Microsoft, if I remember correctly, said they were making AI-specific chips. Mm -hmm. uh, Apple has ML chips inside every one of their iPhones these days. Uh, mm -hmm. This isn't stopping anytime soon. It's great to see more people get in the game. Connor, what about you? Yeah, that's going to be my news also. My news gets stolen again for today. I, I think it was 100x cost savings and 140x performance boost. Um, it's very interesting. They're, like like Far mentioned, they're specifically fine-tuning the, the chips themselves as an ASIC board to fit these specific transformers. I, I don't think they're very general purpose. I think it's like specifically tuned. It would have to be specifically tuned to like a GP4. Wow. Um, wouldn't work on a GP3.5, I think. So. Wow. Fascinating. Yep. Um, well, really cool news out of Etched. Um, I've been having some really interesting conversations with some friends the past few days in the finance world, talking about how LLMs are affecting everything from hedge funds over to PE funds. I mean, there are analysts on the ground who normally are writing up all of these documents about the state of macro, the state of the Japanese yen. They're getting these kind of scenario analysis. They're getting these analyst reports and they're fine-tuning all these LLMs based on their own historical data, their own audio conversations. Um, so interesting things in the finance world, um, how LLMs are actually affecting it um, extremely fast um, versus just statistical reasoning of the past, something like Renaissance technologies. These LLMs are having a real impact on analysts today. So if you're looking to get into finance in the future, you'll probably need to start using these LLMs. Um, every, you know, most people break in as an analyst to these firms. And if you're not using the LLMs, you'll be outcompeted. So interesting state of the world on the finance. But as always, thank you all for tuning into AI Daily, and we will see you again tomorrow. Have a great day. Peace, guys.